Hey guys, doing a podcast for the league, my ball Zacherts, and uh, hoping that this will be entertaining for you guys as we move towards the playoffs. Um, so we're gonna, gonna jump into some of the news, some recaps from Week Ten, standings breakdown. You know, with the four weeks left until the playoffs, uh, previews for Week Eleven, maybe some tough roster decisions, and then a quick closing. Round one. First bit of news, the trade deadline is approaching in week 12. All trades have to be accepted before the end of week 12. So if anybody else is looking to make any moves coming into the playoffs, you got another week and a half or so to get those deals done. Um, so looking forward to seeing if there's any action going on with any of the teams. Um, then we had obviously the Robert Woods ACL injury last Friday. That was really tough and Julio to IR um, making that. And then, then Hawkinson with a zero, making that Woods for Julio Hawkinson trade not look very good between between our nine and ten seeds there. Um, Jacoby Myers finally scored a touchdown, which was awesome to see. It had been a very long time. Lots of catches, lots of yards without a touchdown, so got in finally. And then Jamal Adams and Kevin King both get interceptions in the same week, in the same game. Never thought we would see that, uh, but, you know, here we are. Week In week ten, it's been a pretty interesting last couple of weeks, and Looking forward to hopefully some better quarterback play and some better uh, better fantasy scores moving forward. So jumping into the recaps, we'll start with the Stevie Moe and Gavin's matchup. Uh, Stevie Moe lost Woods to start the week and was uh, definitely a blow to his receiving core, but he has CMC returning. Um, and then in and out of the game with hamstring injuries and still was able to drop 21 points. It was... Uh, Definitely a big performance from him and ended up leaving the game with a clean bill of health, hopefully. So fingers crossed for Stevie Moe's team that CMC can maybe springboard him here into some more wins. Uh, Melvin Gordon with that terrible fumble late in the game uh, that Slade took to the house um, really put some put some doubt in. He didn't play as much after that. Only three snaps the rest of the game to Javante Williams, 10. So we'll see if that impacts his playing time moving forward. Um, and then obviously the Bridgewater tackle attempt on Slay as he took it to the house. That was absolutely pathetic, but that's a different story. You know, maybe maybe Bridgewater ends up with uh, a little bit different role. I know I know Hamza was at least a little bit worried that they might bench him for that, but we'll see. Um, and Stevie Moe has to be pumped on Stephon Diggs. Finally a breakout game. Eight catches, 126 yards, a touchdown. Uh, monster game out of Stephon Diggs. And, you know, if him and Allen can get on the same page moving forward, that's going to be another great player for Stevie Moe, hopefully to make a little bit of a push if he's going to try and get into the playoffs. And if not, help him in the tackle. Uh, so that's that's definitely an encouraging thing to see. Um, and Dal uh, Dallas Goddard having a concussion was a bummer to see because it would have been great to see him go off against Gavin the week he dropped him. Because we all know Gavin's been high on uh, Dallas Goddard so far this season. On Gavin's side of the matchup, it was great to see James Robinson back, even though he never quite left Gavin's starting lineup, even though he was out. It was good to see him back with 16 points this week. Um, he, he got a garbage time touchdown from Robinson and a definite garbage time touchdown from Elijah Moore. So it was at least a little bit hopeful there at the end of the first set of games that Gavin would be able to continue to, to push towards a win here. Um, didn't quite end up happening as Daryl Williams went off for 25 points Sunday night and kind of left left Gavin's team in the dust. Uh, he did actually have the Bills come through, though, three straight weeks with double-digit points from his defense, which is good for him to see, and maybe moving forward can help him continue to push his point total up. The matchup came down to that Daryl uh, Williams and a 14-point lead for Stevie Moe versus Elijah Mitchell and Matt Gay for uh, 
uh, Gavin. And unfortunately for Gavin, that, that definitely came up short with that 25-point game from Daryl Williams uh, pushing Stephen Moe over the top. Next matchup was Hamza and Jared, the one seed versus the two seed, hoping for a big, big score here, hoping for a, a marquee matchup. Didn't quite live up to that hype. Uh, Jared didn't get his birthday wish to beat Hamza there um, and unfortunately got got beat up pretty good. Um, he left Kyler in his lineup for the second straight week while he was out. Um, we might have to start taking bets on whether or not Jared's going to start out players or have an over-under for the rest of the season at like two and a half or something like that. Good betting opportunity potentially. Uh, and uh, Jared actually had his entire lineup fall short of their projection. Not even one player hit the projected total zone. I, I don't know that I've seen that all year. But it was definitely interesting to see and just confirmed that sleepers projections suck as I continue to complain about all year. And Hamza just continues to keep getting it done. Had five players out this week, including Kamara, including Calvin Ridley, who still continues to be away from the team, and Antonio Brown, who keeps teasing a return from his ankle injury, but just hasn't quite been able to get back on the field. So Kamara should be back this week. Ridley still no word on an AB has a less than 50 50 chance of coming back this week we'll see he could he could potentially end up back in the mix but that's something that we're gonna have to check on later in the week moving forward Hamza got 16 points out of his quarterback so that's definitely something to keep an eye on as he continues to push push forward towards playoff bye week moving on to craig and tyler this was definitely the pillow fight of the week um craig ended up with a respectable score but it really looked like it was going to be uh even lower scoring than it was um, Tyler's team was in a tough spot this week, ended up starting Brandon Bolin, Tyler Johnson, Marvin Jones, all in different uh, locations in his lineup and, and got, a, got a goose egg, as I mentioned before, from Hawkinson, which was really tough to see. Um, Dan Campbell started calling plays this week, so that's definitely going to be a player to keep an eye on, whether or not this is just an anomaly or this is going to become a trend, as DeAndre Swift got 33 carries as part of that game plan. So we'll see moving forward what Dan Campbell decides to call in this offense. On Craig's end, Cordero Patterson finally crashed back to earth, but that I think had more to do with the ankle injury. Didn't end up getting a lot of work um, and, and really kind of fell short of expectations with only four points. Um, the whole Falcons team sucked, as Stephen Will can attest to, with zero points for Matt Ryan. Um, but I think Patterson has a high ankle sprain now. I don't know if they've confirmed that or not, but if, if it is a high ankle sprain, hopefully he'll be able to come back in a week or two, but we'll uh, we'll keep a close eye on Patterson for Craig's team as well as he's been crucial for him in his only two spot. Going into Sunday night, Craig needed that Tyreek performance in order to push his team over the top. He ended up getting to 122 points with a 20-point performance from Tyreek Hill. So that was good to good to see Tyreek in the end zone a couple times. They forgot to cover him once, and it seems uh, unfathomable that they would consider not covering Tyreek Hill in the red zone. But that's where we were at, so... Uh, just a pitiful performance, really, from the Raiders all the way around. The pass catchers weren't good. Carr was just hucking it up deep and not not looking very good at all. So they, they have some work to do uh, in terms of getting back to what they were a little, little bit earlier in the season on offense for the Raiders. The fourth matchup of the week was Mike and Jordan. It looked like it was going to become a really close game out of halftime of the first set of games. But Jordan's team just didn't end up performing at all in the second half. And that kind of allowed Mike to pull away in this matchup. Uh, Mike ended up with the solid total, uh, of course, uh, pushing it up on Monday night with with Daryl Henderson. Jordan obviously had his three Sunday morning ads, Alex Collins, A.J. Green, and the Broncos defense. Um, I think it's safe to say Jordan enjoying the new uh, the new waiver system where you can just add players on Sunday morning without 
without commissioner help. And I, I'm, I've personally been enjoying that a lot too. I hope that's going to be something that sticks. Another potential betting opportunity too, you know, just say, you know, over under 0.5 waiver ads for Jordan on Sunday mornings. So got to keep out a lookout for those. Uh, also, Jordan has to be getting sick of Darren Waller. I, I know he had a good game in week nine with seven catches for 92 yards. But other than that, he's been very, very mediocre. Uh, he had a big week one, but then no games over 13 points after that in single digits in five of seven games. I, I wonder if the Raiders just end up turning back to more of their offense from last year that ran almost exclusively through Darren Ward. Um, and, you know, maybe, maybe they're scheming up different things to stop him, but it just seems crazy that he hasn't been able to get on a roll at all, anything close to what he was last year. So hopefully better things ahead for Darren Waller. I would still probably put him in the top three tight ends just because the position is so bad right now. But hopefully he can really get it going and, and help Jordan make a, make a playoff push here over the next four weeks. On Mike's side, thank goodness, one, that he started A.J. Dillon, and two, that he was able to cuff A.J. Dillon to Aaron Jones with Aaron Jones getting hurt. Uh, out one to two weeks with an MCL strain. It sounds mild. It doesn't sound that bad. Packer fans don't panic. Um, I know I'm panicking a little bit just because the the offense hasn't looked nearly as good as it should over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, with Rogers and COVID, this weird week of just running the ball the whole time and being able to shut out the Seahawks was an interesting game. Um, but definitely a good thing that Mike has AJ Dillon now, most likely going to be a top ten running back as long as Aaron Jones is out. Um, so keep keep a lookout for how many times. A.J. Dillon is going to be able to put the ball in the end zone. And last but not least, the final matchup of the week was me and Matt. Um, ended up being the highest scoring matchup of the week, was, which was definitely indicative of the urgency between both our teams with the 7 and 8 seed playing, kind of trying to fight for our playoff positioning here, which, was, um, which is something that's really coming down to the wire in this area of the standings. Um, Another week where Matt doesn't quite understand the IR rules, didn't get Gronk into IR, didn't get Hopkins into IR. Don't know if he did that on purpose because he just didn't want to add anybody or if he's still struggling with the rules, but maybe this will encourage him to kind of maybe use those spots on Sunday mornings. Patrick Mahomes obviously went off on Sunday night. It definitely pulled him back up into contention for the matchup to, to potentially take it from me. He was projected to beat me on Monday night, but unfortunately, Matt Stafford just completely let him down, just laid down for nine points, had no answer. The the pass catchers dropped five passes, including three on uh, third down, which just ultimately sunk the team and sunk the offense. It, it just didn't look in unison at all. And Shanahan, for as bad as he is, I know we're talking crap on Shanahan, but he's got McVay's number five straight wins for the 49ers over the Rams. To Ernest Johnson, another big positive for Matt. That was another impressive performance, 157 total yards on seven receptions and 19 carries. Didn't get into the end zone, but definitely a guy that just continues to step up in the absence of Chubb and Hunt. Uh, Chubb should be back this week, and Kareem Hunt maybe this week, potentially in week 12. So keep an eye on him, too, for, uh, for his injury coming back. Jordan Howard was also in and out of this game. Matt's flex for the week. He still ended up with with eight, uh, 83 yards. I think he had like more than 15 carries too. So I think it's pretty clear that he's the running back for the uh, for the Eagles as long as Miles Sanders is out. It I don't think anyways that Gainwell or Boston Scott are really going to get into a much larger role while Jordan Howard is there. Uh, Scott was also good today, but Kenny Gainwell is pretty much not involved. So. Uh, moving forward until they get Miles Sanders back, Jordan Howard's got to have. 
And then for my team, CeeDee Lamb obviously went off 25 points, but left in the uh, in the third end of the third, beginning of the fourth quarter with an arm contusion. Um, I'm not 100% sure what that means. That probably just has to do with the blowout of the game and not not risking him, not bringing him back in. Um, and he really wasn't out that that long before Dak was either. So uh, he was he was phenomenal. Obviously, two touchdowns. Great to see him continuing to play well. Dalvin Cook stuffed on the goal line, which feels like every single week that's happening to him now. But uh, he did get in later in the game, but got three carries inside the five-yard line early in the game. He didn't score on any of them. So it'll be interesting to see moving forward if he has any more success down there because he just continues to struggle uh, inside the five-yard line. And a couple nuggets just because on my end, you know, Najee Harris has a touchdown. Najee Harris has a touchdown called back. Uh, and A.J. Brown goes for two points. Godwin goes for nine points. Kirk Cousins has minus seven rushing yards on his last three meal counts. It's just those, those things drive me nuts. And Devontae Freeman ended up being the right call over Javante Williams this week, even though they scored seven and five points. So, you know, small victories. Round three. So moving, it, so moving into the standing updates now, it feels like we just get crazier and crazier every week. Everything is so close. Um, so I'll start off with Hamza, who's not really that close. He's clinched a playoff spot officially now um, at nine and one, and he's looking to run down that bye week. He's got three a three game lead on second place with four to play, so he just needs to to get one more win, and he will clinch that bye week. I will say he feels kind of like the 2020 Steelers. You know, a lot of close wins, a lot of low scoring wins, and it doesn't really feel like a lot of us are going to be that scared to see him in the playoffs. So here's to it. Let's let's go ahead and knock off the one seed when we do get to the playoffs. Mike's got to be excited to jump into that two seed, and this week takes over the most points scored in the league. At four and uh, at six and four, he's really looking to lock up a playoff spot quickly, and is in the driver's seat currently to get that bye week. Gavin is still in position to run him down, only a point behind him, one point on the whole season behind him. But is also a game back. So at five and five versus six and four, it's going to be interesting to see how those two teams shake out. In third is Jared, who is still six and four, so a game up on Gavin. But with his second straight loss and second straight week with less than ninety points, he's very much in play still for losing a playoff spot. His point total is now eighth overall. So he he of all the teams that are four and six and five and five. He has lower point total than all of them. So if any of them are able to catch up to him in record, he will fall out, out of the playoff picture. He plays Tyler this week, so that maybe that's an opportunity for him to get a win and, and get right the ship in terms of getting back on track for uh, for making a playoff push. Mentioned Gavin earlier, who comes in with the four seed. He's five and five, uh, but only one spot down in the standings from last week. Um, and with the second most points, he's still in a solid spot to wrap up the playoff spot in the next four weeks. Um, and I, I would say he's still in a solid position to make that jump into the two seed if he is able to continue to win. So keep an eye on Gavin Dark Horse right now to, to come up and get that bye week. In the five seed is Craig. Uh, got the win this week uh, in his third in the league in points four right now. A similar situation to Gavin where he's he's five and five, can still potentially make that bye week, but doesn't nearly have as much potential because he he is 30 points behind Gavin and Mike overall. Coming in at five is my team. I was able to, to squeak out a win against Matt this week, so I, I move ahead of him five and five, and I'm a point behind Craig as well, so we're kind of grouped together there with the four and five. Uh, I'm sorry, with the five and six positions. 
And I'm liking the potential of my team right now. I feel like I started one and four and was in last place. And now I've gone four and one over the last five weeks. So hopefully I can keep that momentum going into the next four weeks uh, before the playoffs and try and really push and, and get into the playoffs because sixth seed is the is is a little bit of a, a sketchy location to be in in the standings. And then coming in seventh is Matt with the with the loss that we talked about and moves up one spot on the strength of his point total. So he did actually go from eighth to seventh. Um, and he leads Jordan by only two points. So we have another little tier of, of teams there with, with Matt and Jordan really close together in points. Um, and then Jordan had a tough week this week, but is very much still alive at four and six. The points for right there with Matt and this uh, seven, eight matchup, another one this week, potentially going to be the matchup of the week going into week 11. Stevie Moe coming in in ninth with a big win over Gavin, keeping his season alive, getting to, to, to three and seven. Um, he's not completely eliminated, but he does have a lot of work to do. He is currently 80 points behind Jared, who's 15 points behind Matt and Jordan. So he will have to get wins if he's going to get into the playoffs, because I think that with four weeks left, that point total is is uh, almost insurmountable. But they definitely can get wins. We mentioned Diggs. We mentioned Christian McCaffrey coming back and Josh Allen looking better. So maybe there is some potential there for Stevie Moe to get that win. And everything I just said for Stevie Moe applies to Tyler as well. He's a little bit further behind in points, but if he can get those wins, you never know. Maybe he sneaks in. Clyde edwards Lair could be back this week and potentially give his team a much-needed boost. So launching into the previews now for Week 11, we got our first matchup is Hamza and Gavin. Um, two playoff teams. Gavin really needs this win a lot more than Hamza does, but Hamza's on that nine-game winning streak, so I bet for pride he just wants to make sure that he continues to ride that hot streak. Um, Hamza's got some interesting decisions with, with his roster. He's got some guys on, on his IR with Kamara, Antonio Brown potentially on their way back, so seeing who he's going to have to drop. Um, his, his tight end is on by, and Teddy Bridgewater is on by, so you know there's some definite roster decisions here too. Um, he doesn't have another a third quarterback, so whether or not somebody on his current roster goes into a super flex this week is something that we're going to be uh, waiting to see on. Um, for for his regular flex spot, it looks like it's going to be between Damian Harris, assuming he's healthy, Miles Gaskin, Jarvis Landry, and Antonio Brown, assuming he's healthy as well. Um, so keep an eye on that roster decision. going to be a tough one for Hamza. Um, Gavin is getting back to full strength this week, which has got to be refreshing for him. He's getting Burrow back. He's getting Nixon back. Um, so his lineup is going to look a lot stronger this week than it did last week. Unfortunately, he had Tyrod on by too, so he didn't. He ended up having to play Mike White uh, last week. So get, getting back to full strength, definitely. Um, his wide receiver three is his only real decision that he's going to have to make between Ayuk, Beasley, and Russell Gage. Um, so stay tuned on what he decides to do there, and we'll see how this matchup shakes out. Second matchup of the week, Stevie Moe and Craig, both battling for positions in the back half of the playoffs. Uh, Stevie Moe might just tell you that he's playing spoiler at this point, but I am trying to have a little bit more optimism for his team. Um, he might be in trouble at running back this week with Melvin Gordon on by and CEH potentially on the way back. That would affect Daryl Williams. I'm not 100% sure what he's going to do at running back. Um, that leaves him with Moss, Pollard, and McKissick as his potential RB2 options behind CMC for this week. Um, so we'll keep an eye on his running backs. And his receivers are most likely locked in, but he might decide to take a flyer on Donovan Peoples-Jones, who had a great week uh, two weeks ago. Not so great this week, but who knows? He's always a big play waiting to happen. 
On Craig's end, he doesn't have any bye weeks, but he did lose Cordero Patterson, as I mentioned earlier. Um, so with Gibson's big week this week, he has to feel confident about that RB2 as a replacement. Um, and then he looks to his flex combo, which is probably going to be between Cooks and Lockett. One of those two will end up in his flex. And then his tight end decision is going to be between Knox and Schultz, which is looking like a tough call, but who knows? It's going to end up being whoever gets into the end zone. So we'll see uh, which way he decides to go on that call. Third matchup of the week is Jared and Tyler. Couldn't be a better matchup for Jared to get back on track, to get his seventh win. Uh, but can Tyler be the spoiler here as well? Never know. We'll, we'll have to see um, what sort of lineups these two roll out. Uh, Jared has been hoping for Kyler, uh, has to be hoping for Kyler and Big Ben to be back. Kyler, I think, has a better chance than Big Ben. It sounds like Big Ben has has COVID and still hasn't tested negative at this point in the week. Um, so Kyler, hopefully his ankle after sitting for two weeks, will be able to give it a go as he has a game time decision last week. There's no way Russ plays any worse. So Jared has to be feel uh, has to be feeling a lot better about having Russ knock off some of the rust this past week and get back to who he is moving forward. For Jared, he's got some interesting start-sit questions with Josh Jacob or Michael Carter for his RB2. That's got to be a tough decision every week because Jacobs has such a better chance of scoring and is on a better offense. But Michael Carter's been great in the passing game. Um, he might need to even play them both, consider benching uh, BMW or Thielen. I, I don't know what is going through his head with those all those options, but those are all really tough calls. So keep an eye on what Jared decides to do with his lineup. Tyler has Justin, uh, I'm sorry, Van Jefferson and Cortland Sutton on by this week with Sutton potentially being a blessing in disguise because he's been so bad the last two weeks. So his wide receivers should take care of themselves. He's got uh, Emmanuel Sanders, Marvin Jones, and Kenny Galladay to fill those top three spots in Mooney likely in his flex. And his only other roster decision really is his RB2, which should be solved because we are expecting Clyde edwards Lair to be back this week. So he can fill him in to his RB2 spot behind Zeke and he'll, his lineup will be good to go. Fingers crossed Hawkinson doesn't goose again this week. Fourth matchup of the week is, is the matchup of the week. It is going to be very, very important for playoff seating between Matt and Jordan and which one of them is potentially has a better chance to stay alive. They're both six, uh, they're both four and six and Matt's the seven seed, Jordan's the eight seed and they're separated by one or two points. So it's super close. Matt rolls into this week with Judy Stafford and the Rams defense on by. So that isn't great, but he does get chase back off of by and hopefully Hopkins again with those weird Cardinal injuries, hopefully Hopkins back from injury for him. So he should be able to fill that wide receiver spot that Judy's going to be leaving behind. No problem without Stafford. He, he doesn't have a second quarterback, so he doesn't have a uh, quarterback three on his team. So super flex is unknown at this point, And there's going to be some interesting decisions coming for for him here. He's hoping to have Adams Hopkins and Chase in his receivers though, so that could potentially be all he needs to carry him to a win. Jordan has Cup on a bye this week, and obviously when you lose the top receiver to a bye week, that's something that's going to be really hard to overcome. However, Jordan has to be breathing a sigh of relief with Saquon and Nick Chubb, both expected back this week, and both can be plugged directly into his RB1 in his RB2 spots with James Conner moving to his flex to build one of the better RB trios that the league has. He also has Higgins coming off of a uh, bye week to replace Cup in the lineup. So that's not the worst bye week replacement to have locked and ready to go on his bench. And the final matchup of the week is between me and Mike. Uh, this is important for playoffs as well because 
Mike doesn't need it as much as I do, but he still is looking to lock in that bye week. So a win this week would be huge for him. Um, I have Javante on bye. Um, Brown, CD, and Godwin are all banged up, as mentioned before. Um, but I do think that they're all going to play, so I don't anticipate having any problems there with injury. Um, my start-sit decisions, are, I don't really have any tough ones as compared to the, the rest of you guys because my bench sucks and my starters are kind of just set. So uh, fingers crossed that, that I'm able to get a win against Mike this week. And Mike rolls into the week with Henderson on bye and Aaron Jones out with injury. So that leaves him with A.J. Dillon locked into his RB1. But his RB2 is going to be a tough decision this week. He's got Adrian Peterson and Naeem Hines on his roster now. So potentially he goes to the waiver wire for somebody to start. Um, and his receivers are going to stay as as Keenan Allen, Debo Samuel, and Corey Davis. And the flex is going to be between Robinson and Chenault. As of right now, he has Robinson in there. So maybe he gets something out of his fourth-round pick uh, this week, which would be a huge time for him to come through. And with that, that's it. I hope you guys made it to the end. Um, I'm willing to do one of these heading into the playoffs. So in a couple weeks here, if backed by popular demand, if you guys don't like it, that's fine. I won't do another one. Um, but thanks for listening. Uh, this was definitely more fun to put together than I anticipated. I hope everybody does take a listen to it and just uh, tries to enjoy it. I know it's a little long. I, I was hoping to keep it to 15 minutes, but it ended up going a little longer. Um, and if anybody wants to join me next time, just let me know and we can we can uh, partner on this for the next time if it, if it is requested. So thank you guys and see you later. All right. And we are back. Thank you guys for so much support in the group chat. I really appreciated it. Um, I decided to jump right back in, get into a little bit of a rhythm and get you guys another podcast this week. Um, so we'll, with that, we'll jump right into it. The We're going to get some player updates. Um, I know there's been a lot of news coming out on Sleeper. We're going to get uh, go over the waiver claims that were made last night. And then I'll give you guys each a stud and a dud for each one of us for, that are currently in our starting lineups. Those drops really aren't coming through that well. But anyway, so jumping into the updates, um, we had an injury on the Tampa Bay defense to Vita Vea, which is a huge blow to the runs uh, to the Bucks' run defense. Um, I wouldn't be worried about Saquon because of that matchup now, so I think he's even a more confident start this week. Uh, we also found out today that Kamara was practicing, which means I think he's full go for this week, and that Elijah Mitchell had surgery on a broken finger, but is still questionable and still might play on Sunday. So tough guy, I guess. But yeah, hopefully he, we uh, we get to see him out there. Um, injury update on Car- uh, Chris Carson. We didn't really get any positive information from Pete Carroll this week. Um, so hopefully he's going to end up coming back next week in week 12. But if they don't bring him back then, I think he's really pushing that 21-day window in order to activate them from IR. So hopefully we are able to see him come back from that next surgery this week. Someone whose window also opened this week was Miles Sanders. So Matt has to be getting excited about that. They did say once he's fully healthy that he's going to be the guy, which I think we all expected. And if he doesn't return this week, I would expect him back in week 12. Um, Latavius Murray is practicing this week. He's been out with an ankle sprain. Uh, They cut Le'Veon Bell. He's definitely playing, um, and it's going to be good to have him back out there pushing Devontae Freeman more into a secondary role behind Latavius. Um, Another big news item is it looks like Cordero Patterson might play. He's questionable. He practiced limited all week. I know it's a short week on Thursday, so I think this is good news for him long term. I don't think he's going to miss any additional time if he does miss the game tomorrow night. 
Joe Flacco is starting for the Jets, so that means that the Mike White experience is over. I know we were all loving that. I know on social media everybody was loving it, but it's over now. They're looking for somebody with a little bit more experience to go up against the Dolphins who have a more complex defense, or that's the reason they gave anyways, so who really knows what's going on with the Jets. Goff is day-to-day with a oblique or something? Okay, sure, Dan Campbell. Yeah, after after telling us that he uh, might move off him this week, then all of a sudden there's this injury that might keep him out. So hmm, we'll see how that develops. But I would still anticipate Goff to play, not that that affects any of us in any way. Saw a stat, too, that I thought I'd share with you guys, uh, that Frank Gore had more rushing yards after his age 30 season than, he, than Le'Veon Bell or Todd Gurley have in their entire careers. Gore had 7,100 after he turned 30. Lev Bell has uh, 6,500 for his career, and Gurley has 6,000 for his career. Just that's mind-blowing to me, and people still don't think he should be a Hall of Famer. And last news item here, the Warriors throttled the Nets last night. I know we're taking it way out of bounds on that one, but 37 from Curry, unbelievable that they were able to take down the Nets. The Warriors are rolling again right now. So without trying to mess around with that drop, because it clearly wasn't working, we're just going to jump straight into waivers. 14 claims last night. That is awesome to see. Lots of engagement. Um, Jordan got in there on a Tuesday and started using some of that $100 he had left. Jared also made a Tuesday claim, still has all $100, so we'll see if that changes in the coming weeks. And we had Mike with four claims last night to lead lead anybody in terms of number of claims. He, he got Kenyon Drake. Um, he dropped Peterson, put $2 on that right into his RB2 spot, um, something that I think is probably best that he went to the waiver wire for a starter. Also grabbed the Dolphins D, who just had an awesome performance against the the Ravens, which I think is a great ad. Dolphins are looking, are definitely trending up. Uh, Greg Joseph for, for kicker must have been studying those ESPN rankings because he's like the fourth ranked kicker on ESPN. And Samaj P. Ryan, who uh, could be a very, very good player for him if anything were to happen to Mixon. Um, Samaj P. Ryan has been Working as more of their passing down back, getting a little bit of early down work. But, um, you know, if anything happens to Mixon, that's a great RB2. So we'll see um, if that's just a speculative ad or if that's somebody that he ends up holding on to for, for a while here. Um, coming in with the second most number of claims was Jordan. Went out and got Marcus Johnson, who was a huge smash success this past week with five catches for 100 yards. Um, so he just dominated. AJ Brown did nothing. I don't. I don't know what's going on with him. So I think that that's a solid speculative speculative ad there. And the big one was De, uh, Deontay Foreman. Devontae Foreman. Deontay. I think it's Deontay Foreman. And apparently, um, that's who we should have all been after originally because he's kind of taken over from Peterson and from uh, Jeremy McNichols. And so both of those guys ended up getting dropped. Foreman on Jordan's roster now. And let's see how that works out until Derrick Henry works his way back into the lineup. Jordan also got the Browns D, and all you need to know is that they're playing Detroit, so they're going to have a good game. That's awesome. Um, and then so Hamza had two claims. He took he got the one of the biggest waiver wire speculated uh, speculations of the week in Ramondre Stevenson. I think it's good that he ended up getting him, uh, cuffing him to Damian Harris after seeing that stellar performance last week. I expect Harris to be back, so I expect Stevenson to be in back into some sort of reserve role, even if it is a one one B to Harris is one A. So we'll we'll keep an eye on exactly how that backfield shakes out. You never know with Bill Belichick. Maybe it's just going to be Stevenson from here on out, but who knows. Um, And then picking up Dan Arnold as a tight end insurance for Higby because he's been bad. I know Higby scored this week, so Hams is probably going to rub that one in my face. Like, oh, Higby's doing fine. 
Um, and then to make the move, he dropped t- uh, Tim Patrick, who's been his like untradeable player. He will, would not give him up in any move. So I guess he's just onto the waiver wire now with Judy back and with with Sutton and and with them on by. So he's out. Dan Arnold's in. And then I made a couple claims. I picked up Trevor Lawrence. I drafted him. I just cannot believe how bad he's been. I, I'm hoping he can't be this battle season. We'll see. I don't know. Maybe he ends up back on the wire shortly. And then I went and got the 49ers defense. Uh, Colts had a tough matchup. 49ers are coming off a great game against the Rams. So Shanahan's probably going to mess it up and Gavin's going to make fun of me. And then a couple more defensive ads here. Craig added the Carolina defense. Jared added the Chargers defense. And lastly, Matt added Trevor Simeon flex, uh, super flex option for him this week, which is uh, better than anybody else, probably. I mean, hopefully he has another good game as he went off last week. So we'll see if that works out for Matt. All right. And then last section, we're going to try and make this one quick. There's a lot of information here, but I'm going to give each one of you guys a stud and a dud. Um, These are just my predictions, and I'm trying to make it so it's a starter So it's not somebody that's a borderline roster player just because I'm just trying to project who's going to have good games and who's going to have bad games of the guys we're playing. So without further ado, I'm going to go straight down the standings to do this. So we're going to start with Homs' team. Um, And his stud this week is going to be Miles Gaskins. He's coming off of a bad week, um, but he's had extra time to prep now after coming off a Thursday night game. They get the Jets. Tua's coming back this week. And the Jets currently allow the most points to running backs of any team in the league. So I really think that Gaskin can turn 19 touches, which has been his average over the last four weeks, into a very, very productive game against the Jets. And then his dud I'm predicting this week is going to be Michael Pittman. It's a very bad matchup against Buffalo. They haven't given up a touchdown to a number one receiver in six straight games. Five for 36 to Corey Davis. Three for 24 to Marvin Jones, eight for 85 to Devontae Parker, seven for 91 to AJ Brown, six to 63 for Tyreek Hill, and five for 43 to Brandon Cooks. Um, T.Y. Hilton's back in the fold. I don't necessarily think that's going to make a huge difference for Pittman's value, but I do think that Pittman might be looking at a five for 50 type of game, which is not what Hamza is going to be hoping for out of Michael Pittman. So pushing forward to Mike's team, I got Debo Samuel as his stud. How is it possible that I couldn't go with Debo Samuel? So it's kind of a chalky pick, but he's only projected for 13 points. Another terrible projection by a sleeper, in my opinion. Uh, He only has two games below 13 all year, and I think he's just going to smash the Jaguars. They're going to have no answer for him. He's going to end up getting somewhere in the neighborhood of eight to ten targets with potentially three to five carries. I just think he's going to have well over 100 yards and has the potential to score twice. So I think he's going to be in a huge spot for for Mike this week. And the dud, another kind of chalk pick. We talked about him earlier, Kenyon Drake. Just got him off the way of a wire. Um, unless Jacob gets hurt, I just don't really see a role, a giant role for, uh, Drake. And unfortunately, even Jacobs last week had five receptions. So those, those type of plays aren't even going to Drake. So we'll see what he ends up being able to do somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, five to eight carries with three targets or something like that. And maybe he can get into the end zone and help Mike out this week for Jared, uh, moving on to Jared. Now his stud is going to be Deandre Swift. Coming out of the bye, he plays on a, a season-high 93% of the snaps and gets 33 carries with six targets. That is 39 opportunities. If that is going to hold, he is just going to continue to be a stud week over week over week. 
and he's going to be a top five player for the rest of the season. So I, I expect the workload to back off a little bit, but I still think that he's got a chance to be a stud regardless of who they're playing. And the dud this week is BMW. He's just been really bad five of the last six weeks. I don't know if it's been because of his knee injury, because the offense have changed or what's going on with BMW, but I just unfortunately don't see an opportunity here for him to have a really big game. Moving on to Gavin's team, I have his stud as Jalen Waddle. Waddle, baby, Waddle, man. Finally going to come through with this huge game. Um, the stars are aligning for him this week. It, it, I alluded to it a little bit with Miles Gaskin, but two is back. They're on a two-game winning streak. Two straight games for Jalen Waddle of over 10 yards per reception, which was something that he struggled with earlier in the year. And they're playing the Jets. I think it's just a perfect storm for him to go over 100 yards for the first time in his career, and I think he's going to be a stud this week. The dud I have for Gavin is James Robinson. I love Robinson. I think he's a stud. But this week against San Francisco, I think he's going to have a game to forget. He he had a knee injury pop up today on the injury report, so I don't know if that's going to affect his status for Sunday. But San Francisco just held the Rams to 52 rushing yards altogether and only gave up four catches for 10 yards to Henderson through the air. And after after just absolutely getting gashed for a month, on the ground. I feel like they made progress in this game that they're going to be able to carry over against the Jaguars. So I really think that James Robinson is going to underwhelm here. He's not going to score. And I think somewhere in the neighborhood of 70 total yards is what we could be looking at for James Robinson this week. My stud for Craig's team this week is going to be Mac Jones. We just saw him have a good game. So I'm hoping that he rides that hot hand into his uh, Thursday night matchup with Atlanta. We're all going to get to watch him play. I don't think Belichick is going to be letting up in primetime against Atlanta. And I think Mac Jones is in a smash spot here. Kendrick Bourne, he seems to be having a little bit better connection with. And Hunter Henry, obviously a stud in the red zone. So they don't even need to run it as much when they get close. If they choose to throw, Hunter Henry's going to be getting all those targets. Um, and his dud for this week, I think, is going to be Deontay Johnson. They're playing the Chargers, which uh, is one of the best secondaries in the league. And he isn't going to have Big Ben if Big Ben isn't able to get off the COVID list. Um, he's still still on the COVID list as of this recording. Um, so I just I think he's going to get volume as he always does. But I think something in the in the range of seven catches for 50 yards might be on tap for Deontay with. Uh, with not a lot of upside for a touchdown, I don't think. So I, I have him as as the dud for Craig's team this week. For my team, I'll try and make it quick. The stud is going to be Najee. Uh, that's kind of a chalk pick too, but they're not going to be able to throw against the Chargers, and they haven't been able to stop anybody on the ground. Najee hasn't been great on the ground, 3.7 yards per carry so far this year, but I really think that the, he's in a good spot to have some success this week and potentially have a couple big plays and get in the end zone. So you know, we'll see how that ends up working out, but I think Najee might be in store for an even better game than usual. And for my dud, I can't help but go with AJ Brown. He's been bad two straight weeks and he's playing Houston this week. So I don't anticipate that they're going to have to throw much. They're just going to be up big early. And if AJ Brown isn't part of that, I think he really has a chance to bottom out just like he did last week. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think he's even in, in play to score 15, which is what he's projected for. For Matt's team, we got Leonard Fournette as the stud. His passing game work has been off the charts. Ronald Jones is nowhere to be found. And I just think with a lot of carries, a lot of targets is going to lead to a lot of points against the bad Giants defense on Monday night. 
His dud as of right now is going to be T.Y. Hilton. I alluded to it earlier with uh, Michael Pittman. The Buffalo defense is super difficult. And I think Pitt with Pittman kind of differentiating himself as the one there that T.Y. Hilton's targets might be a little low. He is always in play for a big play, always has the chance to score a long one. But in this game, I think Buffalo is going to do a good job of preventing Carson Wentz or anything in the passing game really from getting going. And uh, that's why I have him as a dud for Matt. For Jordan, I got his stud as James Conner this week. He's playing Seattle with a banged-up Kyler, banged-up Hopkins. Seattle has a horrible run defense. I'm boldly predicting that James Conner is going to be the number one running back in fantasy this week. We just saw him do it two weeks ago. He didn't have a great game this past week, but I think it's coming here with a smash matchup in a game where they're going to need to lean on him and where they're going to be able to lean on him. So I really think that James Conner is going to have a huge game here. And Jordan's dud, I think, is going to be Amari Cooper. He's projected at 13, so I'm just not confident in that score. I think he's going to have a solid game, uh, but he only has four games over 13 all season, and he had to score in all of them. So I'm just getting a little bit tired of the boom bust. I don't think he's going to score this week, so I don't think he's going to make that 13 projection, which is why I have him as his dud. And for Stevie Mo, Stephon Diggs, you heard me get all enthusiastic about it yesterday. I really think Stephon Diggs has turned the corner. He's got 19, 12, 11, and 26 in his last four games, and he gets a very vulnerable Indianapolis secondary in an AFC showdown with New England running them down. I think Buffalo really wants to make a statement in this game and, and take down uh, Indianapolis in a, in a commanding win. I, I am anticipating another top five finish at wide receiver for Stephon Diggs this week. And his dud sticking with the wide receivers, I think, is going to be Christian Kirk. I, I mentioned it with James Conner. I anticipate this game going more through the running game and that they're going to be able to control the clock and control the ball. Kyler's not going to have to do a ton. The, re the receivers aren't going to have to do a ton. And with Hopkins back, I just don't know that Christian Kirk is going to be able to hit that 11 projection. Uh, I think it's going to take a touchdown that I just don't think is going to end up coming. And finally, Tyler Studd I have is Ryan Tannehill this week. I heard a lot of people saying that he might not be uh, that good of a play, but I feel like they're forgetting rushing scores with Ryan Tannehill. They're playing Houston, so I think that he could end up getting a rushing score here and potentially still throwing a couple touchdowns as well. Houston's given up 305-3 and three to Stafford. 261 and three and a pick to Kyler, and then 223 and two touchdowns to Wentz on 20 attempts over the last three uh, games. And so I really think that Ryan Tannehill is in a position where he could get a rushing touchdown. He's going to throw two more touchdowns and have a you know 250 yard game. Um, and I really, really think he's in a good spot to beat his projection. And Tyler's dud, I think, is going to be Marvin Jones. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on with him, why he's kind of fallen off. But five of his last six games, he's had less than six or six points or less. And I, I just don't see an opportunity here um, against this, the 49ers who just shut down the Rams. I know Cooper Cup went off for 11 for 122, but he's in a little bit different class. I think we can all agree than Marvin Jones. So I just really don't see the opportunity here for Marvin Jones. And I think he's going to end up, you know, probably sticking more with the six or less than he is at. Uh, really having a smash performance here in this matchup. All right. And with that, that's 
everything I have prepared for you guys now. I'm pumped again with the response. Thank you guys so much. I hope we get another good response to this one. Um, and maybe this is something that we can continue to do weekly. Um, if you guys are going to be willing to listen, I can potentially do this because it really wasn't that a ton of work to put together. And I'm really stoked. So maybe weekly is doable and I'll reach out. I know I've had a couple of people reach out to me about potentially wanting to get on with me. So we'll get that figured out. Also, let me know on the audio issues because I used my microphone today. So hopefully the audio was a lot better today than it was yesterday. Um, and so we'll keep that in mind moving forward as well. All right. Thank you, guys.